Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. For seven decades, Michael Caine has been among the world's most renowned and recognisable actors. It was just what I needed, a one-inch god with a two-inch penis. The star of classics like Zulu, The Man Who Will Be King and The Cider House Rules. It's a miracle no one was killed. But also films that brought his career to the brink of complete implosion. I made a mistake. Somehow, he has always found a way back. You're a big man, but you're in bad shape. For me, it's a full-time job. In this epic podcast series, we will watch and review every Michael Caine movie, from the greatest hits... You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off! ...to the incredible misses. You failed to maintain your women, son. And take a deep dive into the life and work of one of the world's most recognisable film stars. His name is Michael Caine, and no one will forget his name. To understand how he has made the mark of Caine. Well, you all settled in? Right, we can begin. For God's sake, come in! Hello and welcome to The Mark of Cain, our ongoing stagger through the film career of Michael Cain, watching every single movie, regardless of the consequences, and they have been severe at times, let me tell you. My name is Michael Foley, and joining me as always is Stephen Black. We've washed up at the end of the 70s, Stephen. There were times when I did not think we were going to make it. Like. Sorry, I'm still caught up in your pronunciation of the consequences, like you're some sort of newsy from the 1930s. May God have mercy on us all. Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah, so we're essentially, we're essentially like I said, we'll go back to original uh, Shawshank Redemption mm-hmm. uh, metaphor analogy, or what have you. Is that uh, except with this, it's not so much a case of that you're, you know, we're we're we're, we're getting out of the shit stained tunnel uh, and into freedom. We're just exiting out of the shit stained tunnel, just finding we're in, in another annex that leads to an even longer shit stained tunnel. It's it's kind of like the director's cut of Shawshank where Andy Dufresne gets lost down the shit tunnel. He takes a wrong turn to the left and goes, oh, I gotta gotta reverse back out of this again. Yeah, it's like celebrating uh, celebrating your the entire diarrhea by going for a, a feed of Guinness, you know. A fine, good feed of Guinness and a good yeah. good runny Indian after. Ooh, that's a good, a good mental image to get into this. Well, what a way to go! What a way to leave the seventies. So we've got the last. Of what I would Sorry, say. Sorry, it's like a, a runny Indian. A runny Indian. Lots Damn, of sauce. Lots of sauce. Very saucy. Very saucy. Nothing crispy here. Uh, what a way to go. As I say, what a way to go. We're getting out. I see these films as like Kane's holy trinity of crap. Absolute 70s stinker. So we've had the swan. And last time out, we had a shanty. And now he has... Unbelievable! With California sweet in there, so that, we, we, ruins your, that ruins we, your no, uh, no, your analogy. Not really, not really, not really. No, there's a holy trinity of stinkers. This is like this is like the, the this is like the you know like the the holy goat. 
let's say, <laughs> due to that misprint in the in the, the early edition of the the Old Testament. Yeah, exactly. That we don't talk about the secret. Yes, you know, the secret fourth member of the Trinity, <laughs> the California Suite, like the George, the George Martin of the of the, the Holy Trinity. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, or Billy Preston. Or Billy Preston. That's five, isn't it? We're getting confused now with our numbers. Yeah. I don't know. How many were in the Beatles? The Fab Three, the Good Three. So we've had. No, no, no. My Holy Trinity stands up. We've had the Swarm and Ashanti, and now today we have. Beyond the Poseidon but, Adventure. Yeah, but right? you, you, if you were saying that, you'd say a, this is a run. You you said you saw this as a run. It's not a run if you have It's a stumble if it's fucking anything. Well, it's definitely and, a stumble. Uh, but you've got California Street and there's just runes. It, yeah. That's not right. Like you're ignoring the facts. To, ruining to, my to, phone. I thought this whole thing was about ruining our phone. Well, it is definitely ruining our phone, but you're very, very good at ruining my phone. No, this is. <laughs> there's no fun here. Nope. <laughs> Leave fun at the doorway. Um, yeah, so yeah, beyond the percentage, unbelievably, inexplicably, inconsequentially, sure. I'm, I'm just, I don't know, I feel like I'm having a stroke. Inexplicably, he's he's reunited with Erwin Allen, the director producer of The Swarm. Now, Erwin Allen, of course, made the original Poseidon Adventure, so that's kind of okay, okay, if I can see that. But it's kind, isn't it? Isn't it kind of beyond belief that he would go back again? He would go back again to Irwin Allen and say, yeah, this is, this is going to be fine. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's really kind of the trademark of an abusive relationship, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, it is a trademark of an abusive relationship. Now, I do have a theory why he did it. I do have a theory, which we might get into in a little while. Is it money? Um, it, partly. Partly, and I'd say just doing a favour for a mate. But, um, like... Good God! Did you not just help him help him move house or something, or you know, exactly. get that piano up the stairs or whatever it is that you kind of do to mates so out? You don't, yeah. You know, go back to the guy who basically almost ruined your career. You say almost ruined you, but basically, you know, stigma, put this big stigma in your career. Yeah, the swarm. Exactly. All you got to do is collect his mail if he's on holidays. You don't have to go and make another. Bring him to the, bring him to the airport. Bring him to the airport, collect his mail. Do you know it would be a nice thing to do? Maybe put some milk in the fridge the day before he comes back from his holidays. That's a nice thing to do. I but, guess. But Never, like, has somebody done that? Has somebody done that for you? Uh, no, no, but yeah, you know, you've no real friends. Though, my, so no, I don't. No, my caliber of friend is quite low. Um, but look, here we are, beyond the Poseidon adventure. So let's get into this. Let's get into this. So strap on your scuba gear, everybody. Run yourself a nice cold bath. And jump in fully clothed to replicate precisely the experience of watching this movie. This is Kane, who actually learned to scuba specifically for this role, half drowning in another absolute stinkhole of a film. This is beyond the Poseidon adventure. At midnight on New Year's Eve, the SS Poseidon, caught in a violent Mediterranean storm, is struck by a 90-foot tidal wave and capsized. On the morning of the following day, a salvage crew and a special rescue squad board the doomed ship. The fire must have been started by the last explosion. More could come any time. I'm telling you, it's a floating time bomb. They discover that she holds three secrets. A billion dollar treasure. A deadly cargo of plutonium. And 11 trapped survivors. That porthole's gonna go at any moment. Gotta find another way out of here. Right now. Stephen, this is awful. 
but at least it's just boring awful like it's not like grimly offensive awful like Ashanti I kind of wish it was funny awful like the swarm but at least I'm not coming away feeling terrible like a terrible person yeah it's just yeah it's just boring but I mean it, again it, it's a I guess I'm not a big fan of disaster movies anyway. Uh, but I mean, the, the the main criteria for disaster movie is that it needs to have spectacle, and that spectacle needs to be entertaining. This has neither of those things. No. This movie has a budget of ten million dollars, which I'd imagine even in 1979 is an awful lot of money. Yes, none of it is appear is appearing on the screen. I'm sure most of it went into cake for Teddy Savalas and fucking Mick Kane in the green room. <laughs> Uh, because you see none of it. I mean, it's like it is. Do you know what? It's like two and a half hours of uh, the Crystal Maze. Yeah, really. That occurred to me set, as well. With a set that has, with the same production values, they just go from room to room, and they have to fight figure a way out of that room, or they do a bit of a sit down, and there's an attempt at character development, and yeah, but it's very very long, and there's really a lot a lot of scenes of the walking and climbing. Yeah. And again, occasionally the camera will shake and they'll move from one side to the other, kind of early Star Trek, the next generation, before they were able to afford better kind of mm-hmm. better special effects. No real peril at all. I think one of the most, I, I say tense, but but it's not really, tense scenes in the movie is where they have to jump over uh, what is clearly a three-foot gap, but what they maintain is at least seven or six ten. Six or feet seven left. feet? It's yeah. got to be six or seven feet. Little Sally Field. Give it your best college try. Have a good run up and jump across. Sally Field, the tiny Tim of fucking seventies and eighties, <laughs> acting. I swear to God, no time for it all. I'm sure she's a lovely person. Sally but I, Field. I, I, Sally I've Field. not enjoyed. I've not enjoyed a single movie that she's a star in. She won an Oscar in the film before this. Can you believe that? I was. What for? What was it? It was for a, a movie called Norma Ray. She won Best Actress. She was um, an activist, wasn't she, Norma Ray? I think so. I'm not fully it's aware. A mining, of... a mining. It was a uh, some kind of mining thing, or are they making that up? Yeah, sure. I, I'm not sure. Anything, anything. I haven't seen film to be brutally honest with you. But I, I just, you know, she she won it. She actually she was coming into this as a. Well, I don't know if she's coming in as an Oscar winner, but it was certainly the film she did before this particular one. But yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. The, you were talking about the effects and the. Uh, the it just looks cheap as yeah. chips. It looks. There's cheap. no scope. I like the you, if you if you're trying to in any way create any sort of tension you can't just be have this really closed in shot of, of a room i mean you're supposed to believe that this is an upside down like luxury liner mm-hmm. that you're a huge 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 ship and then it just everything looks so small they might as well be in a fucking submarine yeah so look maybe i should just jump into the plot here and just get that horror out of the way i mean the original for people who haven't seen the Poseidon Adventure in 1972, like that basically luxury liner capsizes, bunch of people try to escape. Those who do um, are helicoptered away. So beyond the Poseidon Adventure kicks off uh, on New Year's Day, uh, presumably the day after or something like that. And Kane's character, Mike Turner, a tugboat captain, comes across the wreckage of the Poseidon. Himself and his crew, 125-year-old Carol Malden and little Sally Field, who Kane's character has never met before, like, until she started breaking all his crockery while trying to make a cup of coffee in the hold of his tugboat or whatever, they head into the wreck. So they pick up a few passengers. So you got the you got Peter Boyle plays the uptight New Jersey guy protecting his daughter from, like, sexy Iowa farmer Mark Harmon. Uh, oh, oh, I initially uh, referred to as Irish Waxwork Museum Tom Cruise. Yes, 
Irish Waxwork Museum Tom Cruise exactly kind of like him but not at all looking like him really at all um, Shirley Jones is the mother from the Partridge family plays the ship's nurse Jack Warden who I remember from Crazy Like a Fox and if, he's in lots of other good stuff but um, he plays a blind dude whose wife won't make it by the way there's drunk slim pickings he doesn't make it either Kane had already met Telly Savalas who's the bad guy they split up and they go their separate ways in the boat looking for stuff it's clear Savalas is evil he's trying to sell because he's, t- he's Telly Savalas because he's Telly Savalas and he's dressed in white with a black polo neck which is immediately he's he's purporting to be a medical guy he looks no more now a medical guy than, or, you know, Idi Amin would look like a medical guy. Um, so, you know, so he goes off. He's trying to salvage plutonium, of all things. Kane finds his riches that he was looking for. There's a lot of... Actually, you were mentioning there about the rocking and rolling back. There, That's actually... Apparently, Irwin Allen takes the credit for this. It's called the Irwin Allen rock and roll. So, like, you know, while they shake the camera, everybody moves around. As you say, I would have seen it in Star Trek years ago, but apparently it's been, it's been credited to Irwin Allen as a thing. Um, various people die. The dialogue is wetter than the set. Kane eventually scuba dives to safety. 125-year-old Karen Malden does not make it. Uh, they all get away, whoever survives the passengers, and Teddy Savalas and the lads get blown up. It's just as terrible, I think, as the reputation of the movie suggests. There's nothing to recommend here whatsoever. But you know what? We'll drag an old conversation over it anyway for what it's worth. What did you make of our men in it? I have to be forthcoming here and admit something. I'm trying to find different ways of watching these movies that would give it an edge or make me feel anything. So I watched this in uh, dubbed Italian with English subtitles. Right. So, so um, I, I was watching that through the filter of it. He, he seemed to give the usual kind of standard. I'm collecting a check. I'm kind of interested because, as you say, helping on a mate. Uh, obviously, he would have seen, all right, I'm acting with Telly Savalas and with uh, Sally Field and with the great Carl Malden. So I'd imagine with his usual, usual affinities for mm. or his usual love of 1940s, 1950s cinema that he would, you know, would have would have relished that. So he's absolutely he's absolutely fine in this. It's it's a terrible movie. It's, it's uh, really it, it, I like it, it's just no effort is made. They come like the, the Red Cross must have made the most cursory pass through of this ship, like because there's like a cast of thousands in the fucking thing. <laughs> they missed the load of lads the first they time. They missed the load of lads just just walking around, the, quite casually walking just around the place. Um, not really that panicked about the fact that they're you know in a ship that is very 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 slowly sinking. One of the funniest bits, actually, in terms of just people walking about, was they find they find a, a large group of people locked in a steam room, and like so they come out and it's like see steam, steam, and you know all the eyeliner is all smudgy and there and it's sweaty, and you're kind of I mean immediately you're kind of thinking well they would have died in there if it was a, if the steam was on, and then immediately there's a piece of dialogue going we were firing until a pipe burst or something like. <laughs> Stop explaining and justifying stuff. You should, ah, it's like just walk out of the steam room. Oh, yeah, it's the little things like I mean, yeah, fucking Kane. Like okay, Kane's crew. It's not their their original intent was to bring whatever cargo they had from A to B. It gets lost in the storm. They come yeah. across the 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 wreck of the Poseidon, and uh, they go, oh, "This is an opportunity for salvage." He starts off with this big cynical guy. I'm going to get my money back here, but they go to. Into, enter the ship with nothing. They don't bring a bag, a satchel, a sack. Nothing. 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 No rope. Nothing. Literally, it's just Zero. like you're going to just leave it. You'd leave, you'd leave the house to go for a walk with more belongings on you than they do going into the ship to, 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 to salvage. It's like they have gone for a hill walk 
you know, in December wearing a pair of flip flops. They're just we're here. Should we dive into this? But it's theory? indicative of just the half-arsed fucking approach to this movie is that Orwin Allen probably saw as a producer, we got our money for it. It's grand. I admit, you know, don't really have to make, but there's the, it already has the cachet of its name of, of the original movie. We're bound to make a packet out of this at the start. But no effort was made in, in, in any way to make this entertaining. Yeah. It was just do the absolute bare minimum. Hopefully we can package it and sell it overseas. Clearly didn't admit it. it like it was a huge turkey it made only like not even two million dollars I didn't, yeah. didn't even make his just absolutely bombed it made like i think it was like yeah 20 percent of its outlay or something like it was it's just disaster stuff kane like as it you know so he's he'll he's teed up in in the in the script and in in the thing as this sort of you know veteran cynical grizzled tugboat captain who's down on his luck he needs cash so bad it's so bad but He's dressed like a lad who has just walked out of a 1970s disco after 17 hours. Like he's wearing a red polyester shirt and slacks. Like, do you know what they look like? He looked like he looked like the grown-up Charlie Bucket from uh, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, yeah. who'd maybe just been turned down for a small business loan. You know? Yeah, yeah. Not, but not grizzled. At least Karen Malden had like you know a little woolly hat on, and he looked he looked like a lad who might have been to see once. Carol Baldwin there with the grim specter of death hovering over him as soon as he's on screen, you know, just they like I think after 20 minutes he starts coughing and he can't stand up no more. That's he can't. Like, and, right. and we never find out exactly what's wrong with him, but Kane, it's a, there's a fantastic, I mean again, you talk about the little things, so there's a fantastic conversation. So Carol Malden at times just sits down and he's like he's got a pain in his side, and he's like, yeah. Kane is talking, he's like, you know, you know, I've talked to the doctor, I've talked to your doctor. And Maudlin goes, what's the name of the doctor? And your man gives whatever the name of the doctor is. And then you realise very quickly that the Hippocratic Oath means feck all here. Like Kane has got on, the, got on the call, asked the doctor, what's wrong with my friend? Oh, he's got whatever, whatever, whatever. All right, thanks for that, chap. And off we go. Like, patient confidentiality. Not even, that, that's, that's, that's clearly written on the day. Clearly written oh, totally. on the day. To just because, to, just explain something away here. Explain some. We'll go, oh, we don't ha- actually have enough explanation of what's. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's too subtle that he has to hold his side and kind of sit down every ten minutes. Maybe that's too subtle. That's something we need now to to make sure that the audience are in no doubt that he's dying. It was more likely actually that Kane would have had to sit down every two minutes from a stitch. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there was an awful lot of walking in this anyway, so he's got a little bit of exercise. And a lot of swimming. Jesus, he did more swimming in this sports can. He's 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 on the money here. To be fair, doing the scuba and all the rest of it. But, yeah. the, but for me, the first five minutes, I had to say, the first five minutes of the movie in Kane's company, it felt like getting plunged back into the swarm. Like he, he's roaring at Sally Field. He's roaring at Carl Malden. The next thing, a helicopter appears overhead. And I'm like, going, oh no, the fucking bees are back. The fucking bees are back. And bees would have been a welcome distraction, I think. They, they might have moved a little bit faster. Beyond the swarm adventure, beyond I don't know, it, maybe maybe he should have brought the two of them together. He doesn't strike me as having done an awful lot of acting in this cane. It's an awful lot of exposition stuff. He's kind of explaining what why we're going down through this, why we're going down go down through this hole, why we're going up this ladder. Um, it there's nothing, there's no emotional depth here. He does nothing, you know. He do, there's no characterization. Even the attempts. There's no characterization. Like there's, it's literally the dialogue provides the characterization. Yeah. You know, he has to talk to somebody. They will then tell something about themselves that yeah. explains who they are, what they are, and that's it. There's, it is not subtle. Like, uh, Sally Field, his character is given far too much screen time. It's kind of gutsy, uh, uh, you know, like down in her luck gal 
uh, who's uh, just looking for a break. Uh, Again, inexplicably Yeah, this whole will they, won't they. It's not will they, won't they. It's, no, it's please don't they. It's just... It really is. No, it, you really don't care one way or the other about the relationship. It's it's actually a little bit creepy, I found, because like, so about a third of the way through it, um, Sally Field and Kane, Kane's trying to kick open a vent or something, and she just starts crying, which is okay, fine, it's a stressful situation. But, like, she gets hysterical, okay? And at the start, it's kind of funny watching it, and then it kind of gets a bit annoying, and then suddenly she falls for Kane inside of the next 10 seconds, which is just weird. And that's kind of the movie for me. It was a movie in a nutshell. And then it's creepy after that. Cause she's like, she asks, um, the, you know, one of, one of the characters, you know, do, do you think we have a shot? If this is all, all this kind of stuff, and you're going, this is like, what the fuck? Like, so it's, she's almost perving after Kane, which I mean, in of, in of itself is just bizarre. But nobody acts as if they're actually in fatal in fatal circumstances. I mean, Peter Boyle's uh, whole shtick is that he's uh, terrified that Mark Harmon uh, wants to have relations with his da- daughter. And you kind of go, maybe not the time to prioritize this. You're you, again, all of you are in a ship that's upside down allegedly, and that's about to go under at any stage. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so you're. I know. I mean, from the Kane point of view, I mean, you know, as I say, meant to be a grizzled tugboat guy, but he's dressed like he's walked over a nightclub. He doesn't look at all. No, tough to be honest with you. He doesn't. He, he shouts. It's the usual kind of shout. I like going back to why he did the movie. Here's here's my theory. Right, there was a bunch of other people were were, were scoped out about this. Burt Reynolds, Clint Eastwood, John Wayne were all offered the role that Kane took in the end. They all read the script and they all said no. So, like, I'm thinking it's a movie to help out a mate. I mean, according to Kane himself, he was good. He's, he is was good buddies with Irwin Allen. They would have apparently. They would have had lunch most every Thursday in Chasen's restaurant in Hollywood, which I think is a famous kind of hangout kind of star spotter kind of place. He told um, he told Film Comment magazine in 1980, I made it for a friend of mine. I liked the idea of it. I had never been in a big Hollywood special effects picture before, and I thought the experience would be interesting. Trying to make something of the rather cardboard characters in those movies is quite difficult. Also, I wanted pictures in America. I was just moving there. I needed to start making a living. That was a very important consideration. So yeah, making doing it for a mate, doing it for the check. That yeah. seems to be it. I completely slipped his mind that he was in the the swarm a couple of years previously to that. Another uh, Hollywood, apparently. So. Apparently so. And I mean, I mean, the thing is, I mean, the money. Like again, we we've we've had this discussion before. It's not like he's on the it's not like he's on skid row. There's a very good little piece from a Siskel and Ebert episode online actually reviewing the Poseidon Adventure when it came out in 1979, and you know they're fairly down on it. But Gene Siskel, you know, kind of a very very glib kind of reference to it, kind of says the only way I could be entertained watching the movie is to sit in the theater saying, "Hey, there's Michael Caine getting paid half a million dollars to jump across a bridge." And like, yeah, that's a about right actually that's about right um yeah there's really very little to be said i mean you know he said he said he didn't he did read the script he claims he read the script um he just thought that the special effects would be better but like the special effects were like i mean do you remember the first the very very first scene the butcher's rear projection the whole fucking time when they're in the tugboat and it looks dodgy as hell even the the final shot of uh the two of them canoodling in the in the, the love boat mm-hmm. uh it just looks cheap and miserable, you know. I, 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 you think of all the like I, I loathe Titanic with every fiber of my being, but you can see the money in the screen uh, yeah. in terms of you know practical effects as well as, as CGI in it. And this just it looked. Get back to it. It just looks so cheap and 
just so miserly in its uh, it displays the spectacle. It just it's yeah. it just kind of again fucking entertain me. Grant the characterization is terrible. Uh, dialogue is awful. But at least you know when things blow up, you know it looks good. Or you know there's some sort of physical feat other than a little bit of scuba diving. What's clearly a swimming pool. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's like, I learned you go just compare it to the, the like fucking the, like you look at the more modern day movies like fucking uh, uh, disaster movies. Look at something like Greenland with Jared Butler. But mm. I mean, it's not it's actually a good disaster movie. It maybe take something like I don't know fucking San Andreas with the Rock. Like the amount of work that he puts into it, like, it's a dreadful, dreadful mm-hmm. movie. But you can see the money up on the screen. You can see this, you know, in terms of the rock, whatever what he's acting style, clearly puts in the physical hard yards and making sure that he's able to do as much as possible on the screen. I, th- I think McCain looks like he'd hardly be able to do a sit up to fucking open a bag of crisps, you know? Which is, here's the irony of it. He does, he's not in great shape, but yet he does the scuba. You know, he does a lot of swimming in this. So, like, he's he's, he's more physical in this than I think I've ever seen him in any movie. Yeah, it's all underwater, though. So the water's doing an awful lot at the air tank. There's often uh, doing an awful lot of the hard work there for him, you know. He's still got to do it. He, he makes a point in one of his books. By the way, I, I like, I, the book, the, the Kane book that I'm in at the minute is blowing the bloody doors off. And what I normally do is, like. After look, Ruddy Curry. After yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, so I kind of go through the book to see if there's any reference to these movies as you go along. And what I'm kind of thinking, well, I, you know, I'll eventually end up reading the book because you'll have gone through all these things. There are some amazing anecdotes in that thing. I mean, I know you're, 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 I, my, my anecdotes tire you sometimes, but these, the, there are some, there are some unbelievable stuff. There's a thing about Kane and the casting coach in that, in that book that I have to come back to sometime. It's, it's just unreal. Um, but he talks in it about like, so doing the scuba. And he says, okay, he, he didn't learn to swim until he was like 12. And the last time that he would have worn any of the gear, even vaguely like this, would have been when he was being evacuated from London during the war. So the gas mask. But he, he remembers the gas mask was faulty. So they asked him all to, the kids to put the gas mask on and run around to see that they work. Put the gas mask on anyway. <laughs> Kane fainted after a couple of minutes because the gas mask was faulty. It was like, well, that's a definitely a portent of things to come in terms of sports Kane, you know? Yeah, would have uh, welcomed a couple of minutes of uh, sweet oblivion for watching this. <laughs> the original Irwin Allen idea for this, by the way, if you're interested, right? He wanted uh, to do barely. He wanted to do a sequel. He wanted to get interested. He wanted to do a. He wanted to do a sequel of this years before because it was such a huge hit, but it didn't happen. But his plan originally was that the survivors of Poseidon would be rescued and taken to taken by holoca- hel- helicopter helicopter and land in Italy and helicopter, and, and then be placed on a train which would go through a tunnel in the Alps and the tunnel would collapse and everybody would be trapped under the mountain and here's another he disaster. wanted the John McClane them he wanted would you believe that actually rocked up in a movie since Sylvester Stallone made a film did you ever see this called Daylight I did yeah Daylight. So I think it's the it's a tunnel in Manhattan or something like the you know. Transport. Yeah, it's not a train though. It's just it's just no, no, just but it's, it's transport. It's, it's the idea of getting trapped. Yeah. trapped in the tunnel though, and you know, whatever. But um, it's the only Owen Allen film that was not nominated for an Oscar. Can you believe that? I again have issues believing the fact that the Swarm was nominated for an Oscar. Best, are, you know, best costume design, my friend. Anything you want to say about the support and cast? Anybody? Uh, uh, Slim, Pick- Slim Pickens playing Barry Humphreys, uh, Les, pa- <laughs> Les Patterson, uh, Jack Warden uh, playing uh, Phil Coulter, as far as I can make out. <laughs> yeah, blind Phil Coulter. And 
Tilly Savannah. I, I just Tilly Savannah. Yeah, Tilly Savannah. I just yeah no. And he's the uh, same in every movie, isn't he? The same. Same in everything. Yeah. I'm a good guy. I'm a bad guy. Yeah. No, I've I've said all I want to say about this. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Veronica Hamill from Hill Street Blues is, and she gets killed off very early. Peter Boyle just shouts. I mean, it's a bit disconcerting when you have Kane and Boyle on screen, both shouting at the one time, and I mean, roaring at each other like genuinely just. Peter Boyle's wavy hair just is waving bye bye. It's yeah, yeah, no, it's not good. It's not good. It's very little read to be said about this. It's just so god awful. Um, yeah, again, though, it kind of strikes me that you know, Owen Allen, Owen Allen had no idea, he could not get his head around why Star Wars was successful around this time, for example. He couldn't get his head around why Star Wars was a success. And I look at him and I'm think, kind of thinking, okay, Kane is friends with this guy. Again, it's it, I know it just speaks to this idea that Kane has no he, either the directors have no interest in him, or he has no sense of what he could be doing. Oh, he is not a he is not a truffle a truffle hound when it comes to finding the sweet sweet uh, nuggets of yeah. good scripts. No, absolutely no, no. I mean, he's missed. I mean, through this decade, he has missed all the trend setting possibilities for you know. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, I mean, getting into the the kind of the Scorsese Coppola kind of side of De Palma. Well, De Palma will come now shortly, but that bit at the end of the early 70s and then and then even when he decides he wants to do a blockbuster he does a blockbuster that's going out of fashion you know one yep. that's just a dead like he's never done a sci-fi movie actually has he uh, he's done well it depends on your interpretation of science fiction he's done nolan. Uh, the no- nolan yeah so yeah he's done interstellar and he's done uh inception yeah yeah, and he's and I guess uh, more recently tennis. Uh, his ultimate yeah. sit down cane roll. The ultimate sit down. Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing to be said. This is so tr- so truly truly dreadful. Um, marks for Kane. I'm going to say like I'm just going to say I'm going to give him one because I think he's it's not as bad as a shanty. I, I can't give no. It it's not, no, it's not as bad as a shanty. He's yeah. He's he's at least appears to be awake for most of it. So yeah, one is fine. <laughs> just about. Just about. Um, yeah, so that's that is seventies game. My God, twenty two films, twenty two films. We give two zeros, two ones, and a ten. Mm. Yeah, fair. Across those twenty two movies. Yeah. So at this point, let us just divert briefly before we move into the eighties and look back at seventies game. Disco. Michael Caine missed all these things because he was too busy moving to the States and not earning a living because he was paying tax, 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 tax. All right. Okay, he's been nominated for an Oscar. He's moved to LA. He's made at least five of the worst films I've ever seen in this decade, and he's showing absolutely no signs of stopping at the end of this decade. Will we just run through a few categories? Can I throw a few at you? Let's see what you say. Do and oh. you'll have to remind me what movies we're looking at because I have not looked before this. I have not done my homework. Oh, good. That's that's good to hear. Okay, best seventies Kane movie. Jesus get character Christ. for me. Get character for get me. character. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Get character. Yeah. I know the worst. Kane movie and what a cavalcade of whimsy there is to pick from. I can't split a shanty and Peeper myself, but Peeper being his kind of noir private eye detective cock. cock yeah, you see, because I, I I I hated Harold and, and Maud or whatever the fuck. Oh, Harold and, I'm going to just call it Harold and Maud bore me to death. Uh, <laughs> what the worst? Was the inco? Yeah, it's, no, Harold, the fucking the Harry James and Walter Kennedy. go to New York. Yeah, yeah, 
I found that offensively bad, but then Kane is very good in it, so I can't mm. include, include that. Z and Co uh, and Ashanti for me. Z and Co and Ashanti, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very hard to split. Swarm. Yeah, they're, they're just objectively terrible films. Yeah. And the swarm is just—it's so—it's it, it, so bland, blandly bad, and it's famous for being bad. And so, yeah. big fucking whoop. You haven't anybody watching that has not watched the rest of these. Uh, no, would absolutely. be my—I I would say ninety-nine percent of people who've seen the swarm and think it's oh, this what hilarious, one of the worst things I've ever seen, have not actually put in the hard yards. They have not. <laughs> They've not been in the Valley of Dang Nang or whatever, uh, watching Charlie uh, shoot flares over uh, while you hold your best friend's guts in a foxhole or whatever. Whatever it is, they're not. They're not. They're not watching. You know, miles of intestines in the shape of uh, Liz Taylor playing fucking ping pong. You know, yeah, they're not trying to. They're not trying to fucking reattach. Uh, you know, a peeper to their best friend's. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm. I'm running out of steam yeah, here in this. Right, say eventually, right. they're, they're. 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 They're you you haven't been there man you haven't lived it man you have um, not a couple of bits best and worst sports cane i get you i get i get your motor running i think the scuba diving was his best sports cane moment in in, in it was more cons- probably prolonged prolonged period of activity was, yes and i would like, say worst worst sports or activity cane is the camel scene in oh, uh, ashanti it's terrible that's uh, terrible i actually had walking on the rocks and Zianco. remember when he was walking on the rocks and he couldn't take two steps before he slipped he had to get Susanna york to hold he looked board. like he needed a, he looked like he needed a sherpa to bring him oxygen yeah that was pretty bad all right walking on the beach you couldn't even walk um best worst on-screen chemistry now we have spoken about this that through the decade he just he's he's no no i'll answer this straight away best chemistry is with him and sean connery in uh the man would be king yeah um and worst chemistry jesus i i would say say civil shepherd and silver bears it's particularly pronounced bad on you can see the screen is practically frosting up when they're when they're on there together right yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Susanna York in Z and Code. Susanna York is terrible. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of very bad ones. Glenda um, Jackson in fucking the romantic English woman. Oh, pretty, yeah, pretty that's bad. Oh, well, it was meant to be bad. Him at him at Sally Field in this. Well, Sally Field. Bad. Sally Field actually struck me. If Burt Reynolds had done this, because I mean, Sally Field basically plays her Smokey and the Bandit character in Beyond the Poseidon Adventure in that she talks very quickly and it's kind of endearing, stroke irritating, but it's kind of quirky and cute. Um, and and like you know, if Burt Reynolds had been, it would have been a very different film. It would have been smoking. The bandit goes underwater. I think if he had done it, uh, unexpectedly good seventies Kane movie. Anyone come at you and go, oh, that was actually better than I expected. Will it be conspiracy for me, anyway. A, p- a portion of the will be conspiracy, but yeah, overall, the just yeah, again, it's. I'm hoping the eighties would throw up a couple of nuggets of gold, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, but not so much here. For anyone who hasn't seen it, it's an apartheid film with Sidney Poitier. It, it, as you say, it starts off surprisingly well and then kind of just dies off towards the end, but unexpectedly good. Unexpectedly bad that you kind of thought, well, this might be all right, but it actually turned out to be fairly pants. I mean, Jesus. I mean, I had low expectations for everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's really... We've been, we've been schooled at this stage in that regard. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, Marseille contract. I thought that maybe that might be that might be at least enjoyable, but no, it was it was dreadful. Well, you see, I I would put the Marseille. I, I like if I had Desert Island Kane, as in I had to take one movie from the seventies, I would take either the Marseille contract or the Swarm because I would definitely take the Marseille contract because he's a little bit more portly. That's so there'd be more to carve off once I'd eventually <laughs> uh, given into uh, cannibalism. Well, I, I'd be kind of saying more that you you would watch it on the Desert Island rather than eat Kane. 
All right, I'm not interested in doing that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Best double act, I think, is Connery by a mile. Um, yes. he's done a, he's done a couple of set pieces with Maggie Smith and Lawrence Olivier and others. This is one I think that's very very relevant. I think this is one that'll spark a car. The moment while watching Kane's seventies output, where you thought, "Oh, no more, no more." For me, what was it was first what was the first movie we watched in the seventies? <laughs> <laughs> Too late to hero. Too Late to Hero was the very first one, actually. Oh, that, yeah, that was it. Yep, Too Late to Hero. <laughs> that was it. It's Kane sweating in the jungle. Anytime Yusnaf came on screen in the shanty, that was for me. I was like, I just can't. I cannot. I, I can't take this. But all, Harold, all of Harold and Walter. It's just after yeah. the opening sequence, you thought, okay, this is something. And then when I realized, oh, God, no, these two idiots are going to be on screen for most yeah. of the movies. But no. Still was, was, yeah. And to end on a high, your favorite bit from The Swarm. Why Why is this particularly a thing? You know, I wasn't be- a big fan of this one. Yeah, I know. It's good for me to see you have to try and pick something. Um, <laughs> yeah. high, it's, it's, it's a high for me. My favourite was when the bee looks at the family at the picnic before um, swarming them. And oh, when them. I realised that they were actually going to use the, the, the bees. Now, bee sting, bee, their bee has a sting that makes you hallucinate yes. a, a, a giant bee. That was it. That was kind of good. I then realized that that was a motif that they were going to use throughout the movie. It wasn't just a one-off kind of fever dream. Yeah. It was, no, this is intentional and they're going to use it again. Yeah. Go watch The Swarm. It will make you feel bad, but better too. It will. I think we're going to leave polyester disco cane there, will we, in the 70s? Move into the 80s? Yeah. More leather jackets, I'd imagine. More open tops, you know, with the, with the button undone on the top of the shirt. I say more open top shirt cane. More denim. More denim. Maybe a moccasin. More, yeah. more cards, you know, more of those kind of cardy jackets. I'm thinking educating Rita there. Anyway, we start. Let us start with a good stride into the 80s, right? He's, ah, this is pretty, this is a fairly dramatic pivot now from basically anything he's done before. So in 1980, he took a role as a transvestite killer in Brian De Palma's dressed. Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dressed to kill. I love my wife, but it isn't worth jeopardizing my marriage. I've never. Have you seen it? No. No. Are you intrigued? Yes. It's described as an erotic slasher thriller. Is described as being less than ninety minutes long. No. Then I'm less interested. <laughs> You're less excited now. It sounds wild. Big hit. It was actually a very big hit for him. I've never seen this film. Very I can only hope that the element of transvestitism has been this has aged well, because otherwise it's not going to be a pleasant experience. I really hope it hasn't. And I do, to be fair, if it's an erotic slasher thriller, I hope Kane's involvement is confined to either the slasher or thriller bit. Do you know what I actually would do? I, I put fucking cash money in this now. I will, mm-hmm. I will say that undoubtedly he will probably end up having the best screen chemistry he's ever had as a transvestor. It's yes. just the way things are going. It's Sadzla. It's, it's it's how this thing is rolling. It's true. It's himself. I think Angie Dickinson is in it. Anyway, this is all to be discovered. It's all to be discovered. Yes. We will leave it there. I think we, we have done enough. Goodbye, 70s Kane. Hello, 80s Kane. Yes, and as usual, you can uh, hit us up on Twitter at MarketKane2. Like and subscribe uh, where you pod your podcast. I will talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. See ya. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe. Um, maybe leave a comment. Only nice ones, though. Mean comments will make Alfie cry, and no one wants to see that. The Mark of Kane podcast is written, researched, and presented by Stephen Black and Michael Foley, and edited by Andrew Foley. Music is composed by Stephen Black. 
you'd like to get in touch, you'll find us on Twitter at, at Mallow News and at Marco Kane 2 And if you enjoyed this episode, you'll find all the rest wherever you get your podcasts. Marco Kane is a Mallow News 2 Cubes production. See you next time. <laughs>